One win down, four to go. Penn State is back in the bubble conversation after beating Minnesota on the road. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And today's episode, live episode, is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On. That is FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Do that today to get started. I'm Zach Seiko, your host as always, and love doing these live episodes with you, Adam. Adam Sheets. On the other side, Penn State men's basketball insider, and it was any anytime Penn State wins, uh, it's a it's a fun time uh, to do these do these mm-hmm. follow up shows. But this Penn State team was not the only one that did play Minnesota, and uh, yeah. not not quite the same fortunes. Uh, I'm rooting for both teams, <laughs> uh, but personally, I wanted to see uh, number one Minnesota go down for Penn against yeah. Penn State hockey. We're going to talk about that in the final segment. Mm-hmm. Adam, good to see you again. How how are you? Oh, I'm doing great, you know, especially better because, as you said, it's a lot more fun when we get to do these episodes when Penn State wins, so good thing we get to do it now. Yeah, we do, and, and we're going to break it all down. Uh, Jalen Pickett leads the way again. Uh, I mean, really, I, I I will contribute to the fun that builds that statue for him, uh, and you can see on the ticker down below here on the YouTube show uh, that he had 32 points, eight mm-hmm. assists, nine rebounds. But most importantly, Penn State wins 76 to 69. And before we move forward, Adam, <laughs> before we move forward with that, uh, I, I want to I, I clipped this off from the show that I put out Friday because and I had to because I, I feel very proud of it here. So let's go revisit the final part of that show from Friday. Why don't we? <laughs> from the Illinois game and they do win. They do get uh they do get a victory out there in Minnesota. 76 to 70. Uh, I'll give Minnesota a few more points here than they normally average just because again, from a defensive efficiency standpoint, Penn State is not good. <laughs> Pretty good, pretty good. No, no, Nostradamus over here. <laughs> I, I'm gonna have to change my Twitter handle to at at Seiko Stradamus. Uh, but uh, so I was one point off. I was really hoping yeah. I was rooting for myself because I wanted Minnesota to score a free, you know, get a last second free mm-hmm. throw. And I got really excited when Kanye Clary uh, missed a shot, missed a one free throw down the stretch. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be dead on with this. Um, and if I had put like five or ten bucks on that, I would have won a boatload of money because those mm-hmm. score prediction odds oh, are, yeah. are like plus 20,000 but uh that's that's just having some fun here but uh most importantly penn state gets this win uh mm-hmm. 79 76 to 69 excuse me uh adam uh, your immediate reaction to them it's a quad two win and, and this was something again that was expected i, I like the way that they handled illinois uh so that that's going to carry over like you're feeling good about yourself you broke the losing streak against a team that is better than you in the standings, even though you've beaten them twice. Uh, and, and now you go on the road and you've strung a couple together. So Penn state, uh, your, your ultimate reaction from them getting this win. 
Yeah, I thought they played pretty well. I thought, you know, the first half was really good half. They ended up leading by 10 going into the break, and then they kind of had that stretch you start to see with this team, and it's been common where they struggle to score for a certain stretch. It happened right out of halftime those first five minutes. They were outscored 13-1. to Minnesota was able to take the momentum, take the lead in this game in the second half, but the response by this veteran team, you know, we said it a couple times this year, they're the oldest team in the country, according to Ken Palm, and they responded very well. You mentioned Jalen Pickett, 32 points, nine rebounds, eight assists. I thought it's big to mention that he entered the 2,000 points, 700 rebounds, 700 assist club, the first player Jeez. since 1985-86 to do that. He's one of the best players in the country, in my opinion, the best point guard in the country right now. He should be winning that Bob Cousy award. He'd have my vote if I had a vote. And I think, you know, he's really showed that, especially over the last two. He's averaging 36 and a half points and eight assists in the last two games. He's been sensational for this team right when they need it, when everyone's like, oh, they're falling off the bubble. They're not going to be a tournament team. He is playing his way to get this team back on that bubble. They entered today in the next four out category. They got some help. Some teams in front of them lost. They get this win. It was a quad four game. So, you know, you're not thinking, you know, it's the worst game you can win, but it's a game that you have to win because you can't lose it because this will be held against you and they find a way to win this game so big win for Penn State and just more opportunities coming with the season moving forward so this is a quad four when I thought because it was on the road it would be a little higher of a category yeah it's still quad four you know it came out okay. I I thought it'd be quad four big 10 the big 10 network confirmed that Andy Katz put up all okay. the quads Penn State right. had so you're able to get the win with quad four the good thing is Penn State the rest of their schedule it's all quad one games including yeah. the game at Ohio State so that's going to be huge for this team being able to get that opportunity Okay, I was mistaken. I thought that had a... That's why we bring you on. You're the expert. And uh, uh, so don't follow that. They Not a quad two win. This was a quad four win. But I still, this would have knocked them out yes. of any NCAA tournament conversation. So you have to win this. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like you have to win Ohio State. Mm-hmm. You have to... You will get some wiggle room if you lose to Northwestern. So this game isn't really so much about... Penn State beating Minnesota. It's now that you have the four quad one games lined up on your schedule all all in a row to boost your resume. Yeah, I think it's huge. I think Ohio State, as you said, I think it's a game you have to win because of the way Ohio State's played. Yes, it's a quad one game, but I think people in the selection committee looking at it will also see that this is an Ohio State team it's quad one win, but, you know, Penn State, Ohio State's really struggling. You can't lose to Ohio State. That's a win Penn State can get. Mm-hmm. They can go into Columbus and get that win. And then you have Rutgers at Northwestern in Maryland. I think if you go two and one in those three games, you have a great chance because either that's beating Rutgers and Maryland at home, getting that, you know, it's a good loss at Northwestern. You know, Northwestern's a good team that's trending in very good direction right now. Chris Collins has done a great job. Or you beat Northwestern at Northwestern, which would be a huge win, and you drop one of those two games to two very good teams that will be in the tournament right now in Rutgers and Maryland. So I think, you know, it's going to be a tough schedule, as you said, four quad one games, but that just breeds opportunity for this team that desperately needs quad one wins and to boost that resume. Yeah, it would definitely, it would make one of those excusable if they were to mm-hmm. somehow get wins over Rutgers, Maryland, uh, and Northwestern, and then something like an Ohio State, I think would yeah. be looked past because, it would help, but the idea is to go five and zero oh here. Uh, yep. Four and one, three and two is when. All right, now you got to look to the to the Big Ten tournament. Uh, Adam, let's continue this conversation, but first, a word from our sponsor, and that is FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel 
America's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right, $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on all your favorite NBA bets. That can be anything from the core markets, spread, money line total, to player props, player points, rebounds, assists, etc. And so many exclusive bets like the two-by-three, two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss out. Chance to get the no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That is fanduel.com slash locked on. To learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. Make sure you check out the show Locked On College Basketball, everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching the show live, we're taking questions, of course. Comment your questions on YouTube uh, or anything that you took away from this Penn State win over Minnesota. And we're going to talk the other side of Penn State and Minnesota over on the ice. Uh, not so, not so. They did, they, they got it done on yep. the hardwood floor. The ice, uh, we'll, we'll save that for the final segment. Plus, Jer- Jerry Cross from Penn State football is getting some love too. Uh, and good to see because he was a promising mm-hmm. four star prospect, somebody that was injured, banged up in his true freshman season. And now he's a winter workout warrior. So, Adam, you and I will talk about that in the final segment. But here for Penn State, uh, 76 to 69, as we mentioned, winning over Minnesota. They're now 16 and 11 overall, 7 and 9 in the Big Ten. That is a, a, a huge improvement from last year. Uh, and and Jalen Pickett, leading scorer with 32 points. Uh, Seth Lundy, a uh, little, little low on the scoring this time, but they didn't need it. Nine points for him. Cam Winter, it's good to see Cam Winter step up because you need, again, it doesn't have to be the same fourth option every night. But the fact that it has been someone different, whether it's been a Kanye Clary, whether it's been a Cam winner, whether it's been a Mikey Hen. So five, six or seven shows ago, Adam, when we were talking about there's no fourth option. Now they feel like I feel like they figured that out. Yeah, it's kind of been by committee and it's really been that spot where Kanye Clary and Cam Winter have played. Kanye Clary's been that fourth option in the Maryland game and the win against Illinois. And today it was Cam Winter. He hit a shot early and I think that really got him going. It was the first possession of the game. They forced a turnover, got out in transition. He got it to Jalen Pickett and Pickett found him in the corner and Cam without hesitation shot the three, which is huge because he struggled from behind the arc. There was some hesitation, lack of confidence and he stepped in that one, felt confident and knocked it down. And you know, it's just kind of when you see it, you just feel good for him because he's able to see one go through. And then he hit another one in the game, finished with 11. I thought he played pretty well. He was aggressive. That's what Coach Shrewsbury has been trying to get him to do, stay aggressive with this team. It's hard when Jalen Pickett has the ball for long periods of time as another ball-dominant player like Cam Winter. But he stayed ready. And he was able to contribute big, and they needed him. This was a close game, and he was able to find a way to help put them over that edge. Jalen Pickett, is he doing too much at this point? I I know that I'm not trying to say, look, 41 points against Illinois is not a bad thing and 32 points against Minnesota. Uh, But is it getting too hyper concentrated where Penn State's going to be overly reliant on a guy like Jalen Pickett, who's had really good back to back games, but the good teams aren't going to let that happen. So what happens when Jalen Pickett scores 15? You know, coming up against a, a, a Rutgers, I think that's going to happen where Jalen Pickett's not going to have his way. 
Rutgers is a very good defensive team. I know I'm looking past Ohio State mm-hmm. here for the moment, but just that it, is it too much focused on Jalen Pickett? You almost need to get Andrew Funk and Seth Lundy a little more involved so that there's there's just some diversity on offense when the better opponents roll around. Yeah, I think they kind of do a good job mixing that. I think Jalen Pickett's been really the vocal point on the offense, and it makes sense. As we said, he's been phenomenal over the last two games. But there were some times, you know, in this game where you could see them when Andrew Funk hit a couple shots. They were running sets for him. They were trying to get him open. That last possession where Andrew Funk really hit the dagger in oh, this yeah. game, it was a great set. They were coming down. I looked at my dad. I was watching it with him. I'm like, yeah, I feel like they're going to find a way to get Andrew the ball. They ran a good set initially to get him. It ran out, and then they ran a good pick and fade. He ghosted the screen. It was able to knock down the three you know I mean they just find ways to keep him involved I think they could get him a little more involved during the game especially when Jalen Pickett's getting his two or three minutes of rest really get him some shots the same with Seth Lundy Seth just didn't have it going he was one of seven from behind the arc his first bad shooting day what seems like two months he'd been shooting the lights out for this team finally was a little cold today but you know I think there's ways that they can get these guys more involved I think it's been the Jalen Pickett show because of how well he's been playing but I think Coach Shrewsbury he's a smart coach a great offense offensive coach I think he understands that if Jalen Pickett doesn't have it he has other guys to turn to and he has sets to allow them to be successful yeah and Penn State like I said getting this one is important but the the more important ones are on the way and we're going to talk about that just a second Adam uh and still any concern with the fact that it felt like Minnesota could just score at ease and and this is it's like, well, you know, Penn State, just enjoy the win. Be happy with the win. Minnesota's a bad team. Mm-hmm. They're so there's they don't they don't shoot well. Uh, and in this game, he shot 50 percent. And I, I felt like so someone like let's look at a Garcia, right? Nine of 14, two of four from three point range and 23 points without any problems. But here here's where I have the issue. A guy like Payne, a feral Payne coming off the bench, 30 minutes. 7 of 12 from the field, 18 and 10 rebounds, 18 points, 10 rebounds. So if a Minnesota team can still do this to you, what happens when you face a Rutgers, uh, an Ohio State Mm -hmm. even? And Ohio Ohio State's better than Minnesota. They're not Rutgers level. They're not Northwestern or Maryland. But they, they will make you pay for some of the mistakes that you do let up. Yeah, I mean, Bryce Sensible, who they're going to play on Thursday from Ohio State, is one of the best freshmen in the country and in the Big Ten, especially at scoring. So if Penn State gives him an opportunity, he will hurt them. Zed Key as well. But, I mean, I did – I mean, in the first half, it, for a little bit, it felt like defense was optional in this game. Neither team was playing any defense. Penn State had it going offensively. Minnesota played well offensively. There's still that worry that this team has not been able to put a 40-minute effort defensively that I think Coach Shrewsbury can be happy about, that, you know, you have to find a way. That was Coach Shrewsbury's calling card last year. They were the, one of the best defensive teams in the country this year. That has not been the case. There's some stretches where you see like when they're able to make a run and pull away, they do play good defense. Then there's some stretches, like you said, where Minnesota could have got whatever they wanted. Farrell Payne had a really good game, really dominated inside no matter who was in. He had a lot of success against Mikey Henn. Um, so you just got to find a way to lock in defensively. I think that's something this team's going to have to figure out because Jalen Pickett's going nuts right now. As we said, averaging 36 and a half points or the last two games you can't expect him to keep up this pace throughout the next four so the defense is going to have to come along they're going to have to put together a defensive game where they're able to win with their defense and not rely on their offense to continue to score the way they are okay so now penn state's got to look to the buckeyes and the buckeyes play purdue 
tomorrow, Sunday, February 19th, uh, before they uh, host Penn State out in Columbus. So this is back-to-back road games uh, down the stretch here. And then you go home against Rutgers, then you're at Northwestern, and then Senior Day against Maryland to finish it all up at the beginning of March here. Uh, If you open up ESPN's projections, Penn State uh, only has a 28.5% chance against an Ohio State team that at this moment in time, Adam, as we are live on Locked on Nittany Lions here, they have lost seven in a row. They're three and 12 in conference. And ESPN says Penn State doesn't even win this game a third of the time. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? I'm, the net and the analytics love Ohio State. You know, they're still really okay. high in the net <laughs> rankings. Of, I mean, I know, I know Ohio State's going to say, well, who cares? You know, we've lost seven straight. We're not going to the NCAA tournament. It doesn't matter what the analytics think. Uh, but, you know, th- that's why I think the win percentage for Penn State's so low for ESPN on the BPI ranks, just because everyone, like analytics say, Ohio State's a really good team. They have a lot of talent. They do a lot of things well. They just haven't found ways to win games. I think this is very similar to, I don't know how many people remember this, the 2018-19 Penn State team that lost mm-hmm. every game by one possession. That was Lamar Stevens' junior year. Josh Reeves yeah. was on that team after Tony Carr left. They were really high in the net rankings. Ken Palm loved Penn State, but they couldn't win any of these games, so they were never going to make the NCAA tournament. I think that's very similar to what Ohio State is this year. That's why I think the win percentage is so low for Penn State going into this game. I think they can have a lot of success. I think outside of Zed Key, Ohio State doesn't have domination inside. And if Penn State goes and continues the offensive output they've been putting Ohio State struggled offensively at times this season. Penn State can have success going into Value City Arena and taking on the Buckeyes. And to add insult to injury here, because anytime I can kick Ohio State while they're down, I will do it. Uh, They've lost 12 out of their last 13. Mm -hmm. The only other win uh, before that seven-game losing streak was against Iowa, and then they lost to Iowa most recently here. Uh, But then on top of that, they lost to Nebraska. And we've seen that Nebraska is an improved team this year. They lost to Rutgers, Minnesota, Maryland, and Purdue. Uh, and, and in this stretch, uh, let's look at the schedule. They, they've lost at Illinois, at Indiana, who's gotten healthier down the stretch, just one today against Illinois, uh, come from behind win. Uh, they lost to Wisconsin. They lost to Michigan. They lost to Northwestern. They lost to Michigan State. And then Iowa, as I mentioned, then they're playing Purdue uh, tomorrow on Sunday. So this is a team that I, I am not – I know I look past because Rutgers and Northwestern are better. But Penn State out in Columbus – this is a tough one, and uh, unless they win the next three, this could be the game that breaks, bu- bursts their bubble. Yeah, I think they have to win. I think this is the most winnable game of the next four for this team, even mm-hmm. though it's on the road, because it's an Ohio State team that struggled, that hasn't found a way to win the game. Chris Holtman hasn't just really been able to click with this team. He's a guy who's been used to coaching veterans, has a lot of freshmen on this team, something he's not used to. So I think this Ohio State game is so winnable. It's going to be tough. Ohio State has talent. No surprise, Ohio State always has talent on their team. I thought they were really going to put it together come January in the preseason. I said, you know, they're young, but I think come January, they're a team that could really start to find their stride. They have not found that. But, you know, Penn State's got to go and play well. I mean, there's teams better than Minnesota, uh, and you got to be ready to go in there and compete for 40 minutes. If not, Ohio State will find a way to win this game. You know, they're going to be motivated. They probably see Penn State. They got nothing to lose. Yeah, they're a team that has nothing to lose, and this is a Penn State team that has struggled on the road, even with the win against Minnesota today, but you got to think they're going to come in very motivated with an opportunity looking at this is one we can get if you're Ohio State.
Before we go to Penn State hockey, who dropped two games to Minnesota, unlike men's basketball, got the but they're very different. You're going from the worst <laughs> team in the Big Ten to hey, let's play that hockey up there in Minnesota, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, they eat, sleep, and breathe hockey, mm-hmm. so I'm not surprised that they're number one in the country right now. Uh, what is the difference for Penn State, at, at least from you know a few days from now? What is the difference for this Penn State team to beat an Ohio State hypothetically? I think the difference for this Penn State team is going to have to be, as you said, the defensive side. You know, they're going to have to find a way to play defense. I think that's where this team's going to find a way to beat this team and find a way to win these games coming down the stretch. So they got to figure that out. They got to lock in defensively. And if they do that, I think they're going to have a lot of success in these next four games. It is Locked On Nittany Lions. My name is Zach Seiko with special guest Adam Sheets, Penn State Men's Basketball Insider. Final segment as we are talking some hockey. Uh, Penn State came up on the short side. I thought they were going to split the series after today, but they ultimately lose in overtime. What is the worst part about it is that they had the lead. And then under 60 seconds to go, Minnesota gets the game tying goal in uh, in regulation. They tie it two to two. And, and Penn State, I think, held. I think Penn State jumped out to a one nothing lead. Then they tie and then they were one to one throughout the stretch. And then they uh, they get the lead with two minutes to go. And then when it got to under 60 seconds, you know, Minnesota just doesn't go away. Uh, and, and they win the game three to two in overtime. And that one hurts to watch. I went to the Friday game. I'm not even, I don't even want to talk about that one. That was you. I, I, the hockey team came, they basically took a three hour nap on ice. Uh, that's what we saw. Mm-hmm. That was Disney on ice versus uh, the Minnesota golden Gophers. Uh, and they're number one in the country for a reason, but uh, it, it just kind of burns that Penn state is still in po- probably more that third, fourth tier because the pairwise has them had them at fifth. They're probably going to drop uh, after this year. Uh, and Minnesota was number one in the pairwise, which is the NCAA tournament rankings. It's essentially the college mm-hmm. football playoff equivalent from college football over to hockey. So, uh, men's hockey's got to beat Wisconsin. They got to sweep them. There's really no excuses. Wisconsin is by far the worst team in the Big Ten. But Penn State could finish sixth when all said and done. That's just how good the Big Ten is. And then they won't get that home playoff series in the Big Ten tournament unless they have a lot of things break their way. So how devastating is this loss, uh, the series sweep against Minnesota? I mean, the loss hurts, but the good thing about this game is they got a point. It was an overtime loss. You do get a point point. for Penn State, so that puts them in a tie with Notre Dame right now. Both teams have two games left, and Penn State gets the benefit. They're playing the worst team in the Big Ten in Wisconsin, so they're going to have an opportunity to get the sweep, maybe jump Minnesota, jump Notre Dame and get an opportunity to be in that five spot in the Big Ten tournament. You know, it's tough because you're thinking if you get maybe two or three points, you're now putting yourself in position maybe to get a home Big Ten tournament yeah. series to start off. Now that's kind of looking like you're going to have to go to either Ohio State or Michigan to play right now. So that's going to be tough for this team. So, I mean, it's tough, especially as you said, they were winning this game. I was watching the game tonight and I saw when they scored, I'm like, it just felt like, oh, here comes the Minnesota goal in the next a minute, 30 seconds to tie this thing up and force overtime. And that's what happened. And Logan Cooley was the difference in this series. He was special. One goal, five assists. He's a Pennsylvania native. He came back to the state with a purpose and just dominated inside Pagula Ice Arena. 
Yeah, Logan Cooley, uh, what's interesting about him is that Penn State was very close to getting his mm -hmm. commitment, and he would have been on that front line, would have been on that first line. Uh, Penn State got beat up by two 18-year-olds this yep. entire weekend. Uh, Snuggerud and uh, Cooley basically were a one-two punch that Penn State had no answer for. Those two guys were on the United States uh, 18 U18 yep. national uh, ice hockey team, so they have chemistry, uh, and it and was on full display there with just what – Penn State, I, I felt like the difference between the two things. Cooley is very like he's the fifth prospect in the NHL pipeline. He is number five in the entire system. So there's it's it's not about that, but it's the way that Minnesota was able to set up passes. They used the crease to their advantage. It felt like Penn State was always playing from the outside, whereas Minnesota felt like they were playing right in the middle, right in front of Soulier, uh, and, and that's what put pressure on. I think. There's that rest versus rust debate. Penn State was definitely rusty. They took two weeks off because they got that bye. They got healthy, and they got a guy like Kerwin back, which helped yep. tonight. It's it showed. Instead of seven to two, it was three to two in overtime. Uh, but I, I was just I, I marveled at the way that Minnesota, even when they wouldn't get a shot on goal, just the way they would set each other up uh, right in front of Soulier and defenders for Penn State looked lost at times. Yeah, I think that that's kind of the way Penn State plays. Their philosophy versus Minnesota's philosophy is very different. Guy Godowski likes to take a lot of shots on net, even if they're not the best shots, get them on the net, put pressure on the defense. Minnesota, their team who works the putt and puck and just gets great shots after great shots, they do a great job. I mean, it was beautiful watching them play in the 7-2 game. They got whatever they wanted. They moved yeah. the puck so well. They found Snuggerud on like the same play twice in a row. I mean, it was so special watching them play. I mean, they moved the puck so well. There's a reason they're number one in the pairwise, and they showed that against Penn State this weekend. They came out with a purpose. They clinched the Big Ten actually before the series even started. They clinched it Thursday night, and then Friday able, you know, to get the win seven to two, and then pull this one out. So good win for Minnesota. And as you said, the styles are just completely different. The talent leans Minnesota, and this is a team that right now you got to be thinking is head and shoulders going to have an opportunity to win the national title this season. Penn State, uh, we'll see what, how they adjust. They got a sweet Wisconsin, and that is mm -hmm. next Friday and Saturday, one week from this weekend in Pagula Ice Arena. Zach Seiko, Adam Sheets, and we're wrapping it up with Jerry Cross, who's uh, getting some buzz. He's uh, been in the news since he won one of the Workout Warrior uh, titles, and, and it's not. Khalil Dinkins had a sweep himself, uh, and then he broke the streak. So Jerry Cross is someone that seems to have been forgotten. He was a four-star prospect, according to 24-7 Sports. So it's good to see his name come back up, but it, it's just so crowded in that tight end room between uh, Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren, who are the expected starters. Khalil Dinkins, who's made a strong impression so far. Then you have Jerry Cross, who gets one. And then you just have the freshman tight ends that are coming in. Andrew Raplia in particular. I'm not going to leave Joey Schlaffer out of the conversation, but Raplia has been compared to uh, Pat Fryermuth already. Uh, and he's the number two tight end in the entire country, according to on3.com for high school rankings here. So what, how interested are you in the buzz around Jerry Cross right now? I'm pretty interested because I think Jerry Cross, as you said, he had a lot of buzz coming into last season. Injuries kind of hurt his opportunity to show that in some of these garbage time games when Drew Aller's getting in. It was Khalil Dinkins who was in instead of Jerry Cross due to these injuries. But I think Jerry Cross can have a lot of success. He's a great athlete, as you said, was a top five tight end, according to ESPN, coming into that recruit out of that recruiting class. And he's a great athlete. And I think, you know, if we're going to be honest, Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren were the clear two and three in that room last year behind Brent 
Brenton Strange. So I think these young tight ends are coming into this winter thinking, now this is an opportunity. We can jump these guys if we outwork them. I don't think there's really any set in stone top tight end in yeah. that room right now. And Khalil Dinkins and Jerry Cross have shown, according to these winter workouts, by winning these winter workouts, that they're here and showing these upperclassmen that they have the opportunity to take that spot and be Drew Aller's number one tight end next season. Very well said, Adam. Thanks again for making Locked on Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. Make sure you check out Locked on College Basketball, everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Adam, thanks for another live show here. Of course, subscribe to Locked on Nittany Lines on YouTube and uh, follow along wherever you get your podcasts. Adam, where can people keep up with your personal work? At Sheets Adam on Twitter, where you can find everything you need for Penn State men's basketball. All right, perfect. That is Penn State men's basketball insider Adam Sheets. I am Zach Seiko. Thanks again for joining us for another live episode. Adam, can't wait for another episode like this, and hopefully Penn State can continue to have the winning streak and not just be in the bubble conversation, but actually be in it. So thanks again for your time. Yep, thanks, Zach. Always a pleasure.